Welcome to the Media Cynic. I'm your host, Dave Wallace, the Media and Communications Chair for the Department of Virginia. In today's episode, I'll be talking about an important tool that was created for post-war posterity, the Servicemen's Readjustment Act of 1944, better known as the GI Bill. In fact, it was on this day of today's podcast taping, June 22nd, some 75 years ago in 1944, that it was signed into law. Were you aware that this bill was originally designed to suspend service members from the labor market to allow industries time to adjust to the returning workforce? Yet what it ended up doing was far greater since it shaped America's socioeconomic landscape for years to come. It helped millions of veterans earn college degrees, obtain vocational training, support young families, and purchase homes, farms, and businesses. Throughout its evolution from the Montgomery GI Bill to the post-9-11 Veterans Educational Assistance Act to the forever GI Bill, it has propelled generations of veterans and their families to economic success. I had the pleasure of attending a special event this past week, Pathways to Prosperity, celebrating 75 years of the GI Bill at the U.S. Chamber of Commerce in Washington, D.C., That half-day event examined the history and advancement of the GI Bill and its past, present, and future impact on the business community. There were numerous speakers present, and I was glad that I had the time to attend and just learn about the great information and history lesson behind this great piece of legislation, and I'm going to share some of that information with you today. There was an immediate impact when the GI Bill was first signed into law. It rebuilt the human capital stock enabled 2.2 million veterans to attend colleges and universities, it democratized higher education and fueled significant economic growth. Some statistics that I learned regarding the GI Bill is that since the post-9-11 GI Bill was passed, there has been a 72% overall success rate of college veterans. Overall enrollment in college programs has increased by 3% because of veterans compared to declining overall college enrollment rates from non-veterans over the past seven years. Another great statistic that really stood out to me was the student veteran academic success, where the average student veteran GPA is 3.35 compared to 2.94 for the average generational general population college GPA. What's more astonishing is that the veterans have a higher GPA in spite of 46% the student veterans are working full or part-time while in school, and 51% of student veterans are self-reporting having a disability. Thanks to the GI Bill, student veteran debt is on the decline compared to the crippling and rapidly increasing student debt for the general population. There is even a $3 billion projected boost in federal, state, and local tax revenue between 2018 to 2022 due to the post-9-11 GI Bill. As large amounts of education debt cause individuals to delay in buying a car, saving for retirement, getting married, starting a family, or donating to charity, veterans without education debt are more likely to make those economic contributions earlier. Veterans are shaping the future economy in small business, startups, and more, where 14% of student veterans graduate with STEM-related majors, 
27% of student veterans graduate with business majors, and 10% of student veterans graduate with health majors. Complex skills like science, engineering, management are necessary to fuel our economy. There's a social multiplier effect of the post-9-11 GI Bill, the transferability of the post-9-11 GI Bill benefit to family members, which provides a spillover effect from one group to another. As education is associated with better socioeconomic outcomes, we can anticipate that student veterans and their beneficiaries will more likely be able to move into higher income neighborhoods, befriend educated individuals, and make healthier lifestyle choices. The post-9-11 GI Bill serves far fewer potential beneficiaries than the original as a share of population. Some 80% of young men and women who were eligible for military service in World War II ended up serving. Today in America's all-volunteer military, active duty service members who now include a much higher share of women and minorities represent just 0.04% of the U.S. population. Nonetheless, numerous positive indications strongly suggest that the post-9-11 GI Bill is well-positioned not only to empower recent veterans to build a bright future for themselves, but also to help them shape a strong economic future for the United States. I'd like to share some statistics from what the original GI Bill has created. 14 Nobel Prize winners, 3 Supreme Court Justices, 24 Pulitzer Prize winners, 3 Presidents. 12 senators, 238,000 teachers, 91,000 scientists, 450,000 engineers, 67,000 doctors, 22,000 dentists, 240,000 accountants, and millions of lawyers, nurses, artists, actors, writers, and entrepreneurs. I'm sure those listening today may have their own GI Bill story. I'm definitely proud of mine. After I left service, I had more than enough credits for an associate's degree, but that wasn't satisfying enough for me. I spent the next three years earning my bachelor's degree and immediately moving into undergraduate program and earning my MBA in human resource management, both with honors. I had a full-time job during the day, was a full-time student at night, and performed my online work during that time frame, and at the same time was a single parent, so I had to adjust around my school schedule on the weekends that I had my son. And since that wasn't challenging enough, as I was in my MBA program, I was also the post commander of the largest post in the Department of Virginia. I bring up the American Legion because it actually relates to this podcast for those who may not be aware of some of the historical story of how the Legion and the GI Bill will be, will be linked together forever. The first GI Bill was so great because it eased the readjustment of 16 million men and women, said the University of California Berkeley Assistant Professor of History, Kathleen Friedel. Veteran readjustment is a tricky proposition, and when it's mishandled, it not only can endanger the lives of veterans, it can actually endanger our entire political system. That's what happened little more than a decade after World War I when Depression-starred veterans joined the Bonus Army and camped out in Washington, demanding cash payments for their services during wartime. The threat of military force drove them out. We have a shameful history of doing poorly by our veterans, said author Edward Humes, a Pulitzer Prize-winning journalist. Most of the Revolutionary War veterans were dead before their pensions, promised 40 years earlier, were finally dispersed. That pattern continued right up through World War II, 
when Hume said a mixture of altruism and fear broke the cycle. Some of our leaders began to wonder what might happen in the United States if our government neglected 16 million veterans from one of the greatest military forces ever assembled. The American Legion wondered the same thing and testified before Congress that if it didn't do right by its returning war veterans, all hell could break loose. Harry Colmery holed up in room 570 of the Mayflower Hotel in Washington during the first week of January 1944. He wrote in longhand on the back of Hotel Stationery a document that would shift the course of U.S. history. Around that time, Comrie told an audience in Topeka, Kansas, that the reassimilation of veterans is the gravest social problem which confronts us. They can either make the country or break it, save democracy or scrap it, promote world order or World War III. The result depends on us, not them. This legislative masterpiece was signed into law by President Franklin Delano Roosevelt on June 22, 1944. That same day, the Soviet army began its great summer offensive against the Germans. Five days later, Allied troops liberated the French city of Cherbourg as they pushed forward from the beaches at Normandy. The smell of victory was in the air. Veterans would be coming home soon. When he signed the bill, FDR said the measure gave emphatic notice to the men and women in our armed forces that the American people do not intend to let them down. That story always inspires me, as I hope it does for you. Through the support of the GI Bill benefit, the impact that veterans have had on society is immeasurable. I hope the next 75 years will continue to amplify veterans' contributions to their families, the American economy, and beyond. For God and Country, this is the Media Cynic, signing off. Are you a veteran crisis or concerned about one? Connect with the Veteran Crisis Line to reach caring, qualified responders with the Department of Veterans Affairs. Many of them are veterans themselves. To connect with a responder, you can call 1-800-273-8255 and press 1. You could also text at 838-255 or go to veterancrisisline.net and you can look for the chat online option on the main screen. A trained responder will answer your call, text, or chat and ask you a few questions. You can decide how much you want to share. No matter what you're experiencing, there is support for getting your life back on track.